And welcome into another episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. While natural gas is an important source of energy for U.S. farms, while U.S. natural gas futures prices have fallen sharply recently, Cobank says higher prices and increased volatility could be on the long-term horizon as the energy transition accelerates and European markets respond to recent supply constraints. Rising U.S. exports of liquefied natural gas, fewer opportunities for fuel switching between coal and gas, and supply chain bottlenecks may contribute to higher domestic energy costs in the future. Now, a recent CoBank report says that, quote, over the past 100 years, the U.S. has been a natural gas island with domestic supply sufficient to meet the nation's requirements. From a pricing perspective, domestic consumers benefited from their proximity to natural gas reserves and experienced only brief periods of high prices, end quote. Now, however, as natural gas production expanded, it became necessary for exports to grow, increasing potential price volatility as the U.S. and EU markets became more connected. China is one of the biggest trading partners for the United States. However, the South China Morning Post says the Southeast Asian nation may be attempting to change that. The country aims to increase soybean production this year in an attempt to become more self-sufficient and import less food. Escalating geopolitical tensions are one of the big reasons for the change. China will try to increase its national soybean yield by 11 pounds per MU, which is a Chinese unit of land measurement equal to approximately 0.165 acres. Now, China imports more than 80% of the soybeans used to feed its people and livestock, and shipments come mainly from Brazil and the U.S. That heavy reliance on imported commodities has raised significant governmental concerns about its food security. However, Chinese farmers appear less motivated to grow beans than last year because of the low market price of soybeans and their low benefits. The U.S. dairy industry is concerned about plant-based milks in grocery stores carrying the label milk. The Food and Drug Administration announced it is reopening the public comment period on draft guidance for labeling plant-based products. The agency says, quote, the FDA is reopening the comment period in response to requests from industry stakeholders for more time for interested people to develop and submit comments, end quote. Food Safety News says the draft recommendations were initially published in February and are for industry comments on naming plant-based beverages that are marketed and sold as alternatives to milk. The draft guidance also recommends voluntary nutrient statements for labeling some of the plant-based milk alternatives. Products made from plant materials like tree nuts are often labeled as milk. The FDA's draft guidance from February doesn't apply to other plant-based dairy alternatives like plant-based cheese or yogurt alternatives. Interested parties can submit their comments at regulations.gov. Well, a new analysis from the Renewable Fuels Association shows that American drivers saved an average of more than 25 cents per gallon since the beginning of 2022 with E15. RFA analyzed more than 3,000 actual pump prices for E15 and E10 submitted by drivers to E15prices.com. The average of 1,520 prices reported for E10 was 3.69 per gallon, while the average for corresponding E15 prices was 3.41 per gallon. Thus, the average discount for E15 was 27 cents per gallon, or 7.4 percent. RFA President and CEO Jeff Cooper says, quote, The review of prices submitted by drivers shows lower carbon E15 is providing real savings for American families. At a time when U.S. drivers were facing record high gas prices, this report confirms that E15 delivered relief at the pump, end quote. As a result, Cooper's group is urging the administration to carefully review data as it considers allowing the sale of E15 this summer. Well, the dust has settled at Babcock Hall at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. After a three-year, nearly $73 million renovation, the campus can now say it has a world-class dairy research facility. 
Center for Dairy Research Director John Lucy says there's excitement coming from students, faculty, and the industry to get started in the improved space, and it is a bigger space as well. They've added about 50,000 square feet to Babcock Hall on three levels, plus all new equipment and offices. Lucy talks about the key attributes of CDR that weren't there before. We're standing right here in an auditorium that has an 80-seater auditorium that's state-of-the-art, and that's used for industry training programs. In the past, we had a much smaller lecture room that was converted from an old-style classroom, and now we have the -the state-of-the-art auditorium for training courses. Next door to the auditorium is a culinary area for researchers to taste and grade products and host consumer panels. CDR can also use the kitchen to test dairy products in a real-world setting. From a training point of view, in terms of doing short courses and workshops for our industry or for our students, wow, what an amazing facility. On the first floor, as we walked around, you saw a huge amount of space now devoted to all kinds of styles and types of cheeses. We actually have more than five different types of cheese vats. We saw several of them on our tour, including a copper vat that can be used to make Swiss and Alpine-style cheeses. We had vats now that have completely recipes that are controlled by computers and load cells for weighing. And then also we visited those specialty cheese caves, which are really are a jewel in the crown of our facility. We have 10 of these caves that have controlled temperature, humidity, and airflow, so we can make any style or type of cheese we want to do. White mold, blue mold, smear, you name it, we can make it. On the second floor, CDR focuses on cultured products. They have four 40-gallon yogurt fermenters to make all styles of yogurt, two spray dries to make milk and whey powders, and a shelf-stable milk beverage line. With that situation upstairs, we can make Greek yogurt, we can make cream cheese, soft cheese, yogurts, concentrated milks, powders, everything that's not cheese, we call it. Everything that's not cheese, we make on the second floor. For folks who aren't familiar with the Center for Dairy Research, it's a facility dedicated to the dairy industry and funded by dairy farmers. Yes, so I would say here we get about maybe two-thirds of our funding directly from dairy farmers through the checkoff program to Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. And then the rest of our funding primarily comes from working with the dairy industry, the companies, the manufacturers, the suppliers. We also do a lot of research, and we talked about that in our tour as well, where we support about 10 to 15 graduate students here on the campus as well that are making, we were just talking about snack cheeses, (laughs) are making yogurts, are making shelf-stable beverages. So that's important to be able to do both training, help industry, and also look for the future with some applied research in dairy products and processes. He doesn't see any limit to how creative they can get in developing new shelf-stable dairy products. Again, John Lucy directs the Center for Dairy Research at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. And finally, the April Rural Main Street Index moved higher during the month. The index rose above growth neutral after dropping below the mark in March. The index scale is from 0 to 100, with 50 being growth neutral. Dr. Ernie Goss of Creighton University says the index rose to 50.1 from March's 45.6. We're surveying bank CEOs in rural areas of 10 states, and the overall reading was above growth neutral, slightly above. But when we drill down on that, some issues in terms of the banking and finance, of course, that's not surprising given what's going on with the high visibility bank failures. A survey showed 76% of Ag Bank CEOs were not in favor of recent national bank bailouts, but Goss says it's not just Ag Bankers that are concerned about the economy. That's right. We had approximately 64% of the bankers reported that depositors were exiting due to the higher financial risk. While the index level isn't great, he talks about why it went up in April. We just got to rock bottom. All the sentiment about recessions, and we economists keep saying recession, 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 and it just has not appeared. We continue to add jobs at a pretty good pace, record, uh, low unemployment, so the bad is getting a little bit better. That's Ernie Goss of Creighton University. This has been American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen, wishing you a great rest of your day.